0: Not just a belief of mine it's a real knowing knowing that we can take what we love to do whether it's baking sewing painting whatever lights you up then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do as author of what should I be when I grow up now that I'm 40 50 60 discovering your core and also your gift is your niche it has been my life's work to help others just like you and me To discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week, I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain, welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello everyone, welcome to When Passion Meets Profit, the podcast that I'm so proud to do every single week. I'm Patricia Noldrain, your host for this call, and for this episode that I'm so pleased to be doing today, because if you're in a career, and I'm assuming 99% of us listening to this are in a career, then you're going to be very interested today. And very in, it's such an interesting topic with an interesting person. Because today I'm talking with Pamela Claybrink Thompson. And she is a recruiter herself. She is a career coach herself. So I can't wait to get into this with her. Welcome, Pamela, to the call.
1: Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for inviting me today.
0: You're very welcome. Now, our title today is, Is Your Career Still Serving You? So before we get into that part of it, Pamela, I just want to ask you, as I ask all the people that come on, and I always tell them ahead of time because I think it's a really hard question. It was for me anyway to really come up with a story maybe or just something about you that you can tell us about you when you were a little girl that depicts your personality today.
1: When I was a little girl, my dad had two signs on his desk. One said, think, and the other one was question authority. Mm -hmm. When I was first starting in my jobs, I always questioned why we were doing something a certain way. I always took an entrepreneurial approach to all of my jobs that I've had in the past. Some bosses appreciated that and others (laughs) didn't. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) stop myself. (laughs) So sometimes I would get into a lot of trouble. I was, though, however, in school, a good student, and I didn't really question authority too much. Although in sixth grade, I did question my sixth grade teacher. It was during the time of the Vietnam War. And I questioned why we had to be there and things like that. So and she was of a different political bent. So we, we <laughs> clashed a bit. So I've always been one of those people who doesn't necessarily follow in the mainstream of things, I guess.
0: Your dad was really, that's really good that he did that for you, though, Pamela, you know, really saying to you, you really need to think. Uh, on your own for yourself and you have to question authority but that I just see that that can get you in major trouble I I had nuns as teachers I mean they would have killed me for questioning them you know I would not that wouldn't have been good but I guess if you're really respectful in the question it's okay tell me how your sixth grade teacher reacted to that
1: she just piled on more homework on us (laughs) (laughs) you bad
0: girl you know, tell us another story, Pamela, because I think you have another one to tell about really what depicts the kind of person that you are today. And it had something to do with the beach.
1: Yes, when I was in high school, I went to the beach with a group, large group of people. And there were a few people there who were mean to one of us. And I vowed right there because I saw how upset that person was that I would always be helpful and supportive rather than tear somebody down. And also to approach people with respect because you don't know where someone's coming from and what their perspective is, and you need to ask questions and and learn from, from each other rather than just think that your way is always right.
0: Well, I'm sure that's what makes you such a fabulous coach because that's what you have to do. We have to have empathy for people that think differently than us. And, and respectful of them. So I love that answer, Pamela. And one of the reasons I ask, just so that the listener is hearing, the reason I ask about us as we're little people and what, our, what we were really like is because it's a common thread. It's, I call it the common thread theory where we carry on that personality all the way through life. It's our core personality. And that's who you are, Pamela, is you're somebody that wants to be helpful and supportive and give other people respect. And that's who I've known in you for sure. Yes. So let's...
1: I, yes, and and I, we also, when I was a little kid, we had a sign over our door that basically said that all were welcome here, no matter what their beliefs or uh, background. And that wow. was part of my my family's tradition that everybody was welcome. Some people were kind of oh. strange back in the day that I <laughs> I, <you> know, <laughs> that I met, but
0: <laughs> they all were welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's welcome. Now, he was strange when he came to that. I love it. Let's talk about the title, Pamela. You know, really, what do you mean by is your career still serving you?
1: Well, it, when you have a career that may, you may be going on a track that is no longer feeling fun, is no mm-hmm. longer feeling enjoyable, you're dreading going to work on Monday morning you're not having the time of your life that you should be having because you spend so much of your life at work, it should be an enjoyable process for you. And so a lot of people feel like they've invested a lot in wherever they are. It might be that they've gone to law school and they are an attorney now and they are miserable. Yep. So It's like, okay, you've had that investment, but let's move on and see where else you might use that background in something else.
0: Yeah. Or, it ha- or switch completely. It happens to so many of us. It happened to me. Uh, here I own my own company and I put myself in a position of manager rather than leader. And I'm looking at people, did they get in at eight and leave at five? And I don't care about stuff like that. Just come in and do your work. And if you leave it too, good, if you got your work done. And so that was really difficult for me. But I just dealt yesterday, actually, with an attorney out of New York. And he is miserable, just like you said. He's he's making 560000 a year. And so he's got these golden handcuffs on. And it's very difficult to now plan out what it is that you'd like to do in that next career, but it's doable, isn't it, Pamela?
1: It is doable as long as you keep your, your expenses low. I mean, if he's, if he's making a half a million dollars, but spending Mm
0: -hmm. more
1: than that, which sometimes that happens, you Mm -hmm. decide that you want to have the huge penthouse apartment in New York, or you want to have a, a very expensive car, go on very expensive vacations. And so forth. It's a matter of it's a matter of choice. Really, money is what brings you freedom. But if it starts to bring bring you uh, golden handcuffs, as you call it, that's mm-hmm. not a good thing. You have to figure out what's really important to you in life. And money isn't everything, as they say. Although, I mean, mm-hmm. it can certainly be helpful. You know, there's nothing wrong with making money, obviously. But and and you can maybe use that extra money to help somebody out who's not as fortunate you as you are. But if, it's, if you're just working to make money, that's not a good thing. There's more to it than that. You want to have appreciation, usually. You want to feel like you have a reason for going to work and doing something worthwhile.
0: Mm-hmm. So if,
1: if your attorney friend is miserable, I hope that he uh, finds a way
0: out. Well, I do, too. And I feel so bad for him because I think you're right about the you make five hundred thousand and you get a house that's four hundred ninety thousand. And then you, you know, and you just overspend. I don't think that's his his problem right now. But I do know that all he cares about is is there hope? that I can get out of this because I'm 42 years old and I'm truly miserable in my life. Now that's just a terrible, terrible place to live. So we're going to start working on a side thing, but just for the audience to know when, when you do get in a position like that and you have to start working on the side thing until it can reach up to the 500 that you're earning, if that's your case, you have to make sure that you choose the right profession because if if he went to J C Penney's and worked to try to get to be the manager there, uh, he's never going to get to five hundred thousand. So you do have to be very right. choosy about the direction that you take yourself in. So you know, Pamela, unless, I per yeah, I purposely need to. go ahead say what you're saying
1: <laughs> unless he doesn't need to make the five hundred thousand. Uh huh. I mean, yeah, true. <laughs>
0: Yeah, very true. Maybe maybe he's finally a free man and doesn't have a worry in the world and only needs 30,000. You're absolutely right. That was a very good point you made. Now, purposely, I don't introduce people at the beginning and do a bio on them and really go into a lot of detail about them because I really want them, like you, Pamela, to take us on your passion journey. You know, it, I really feel that when somebody shares their story, it's a guide for other people to listen. And so, How did you find your passion? Where did it start? How did that go for you? I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know, the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift Is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? and I'd always say, your gift is your niche. So now I created a course called yourgiftisyourniche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E. And in this very affordable life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills, you know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I, I, don't even, I don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up? Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into a, what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life, that's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E, and if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation.
1: Well, I was I went to school to be pre-med and then I changed to theater arts and film. And then I went to LA to work in the entertainment industry and I discovered animation and then I eventually worked at a games company called Virgin Games. And that's where I found out about recruiting that people got paid to buy companies to help them find people. So, mm-hmm. I normally would like tell friends about jobs. That was a regular thing I would do. I would like match people with jobs all the time, and so going to the video game company, I discovered that people got paid to do that and I went mm-hmm. a light bulb went off in my head, and I mm-hmm. went, "Oh, okay." and then, after a while of recruiting, I was coaching a lot of my candidates on how to interview, what to do with their resume, et cetera, et cetera. And spending a lot of time on the phone with them. And my husband finally said, Hey, you know, you probably could get paid for doing that. And then Mm -hmm. I started charging uh, for my services in 1999. I had always done coaching. I think my mom was one of my first coaching clients, in fact. <laughs> and then I also uh, coached friends and, and a lot of different people over my lifetime. And as far as coaching and careers goes. So that was not a big, huge leap for me to do. And then I've, I've always been a writer. And I have also taken up some public speaking which went along with the recruiting and, and coaching because schools would hire me to come out and speak to their students.
0: Yeah, that's an I've been a writer since I was a kid. So. That's a very interesting path that you took. I love that. And so, you know, I owned my own executive recruiting firm in Phoenix, and it was shocking to me also, Pamela, that I could be paid for finding somebody a career move. It was like, wow, and, and paid well. Yeah. It was a very yes. lucrative position. And here's what I was doing also. It's exactly what your husband helped you with. In our firm, there were 28 of us actually uh, in that. And we would be working for free. I'd say, I'd have to say 70% of the time for free, helping them interview, helping them put a resume together. And I finally did the same thing that your husband told you to do. I finally opened up my career coaching division. And that's where we started making money on that other side putting resumes together and, and helping people one-on-one with career coaching or even one-on-many. Do you do group coaching or do you do, mostly do one-on-one?
1: I mostly do one-on-one. I have to figure out how to do group coaching because I think it would be fun for the people uh, involved. Yes, I haven't it done is. It
0: yet. They learn from each other. I remember my group, yes. first group coaching because I thought the same thing. They're never going to get anything out of this. There were 10 of them in the class and when I went around the room after and said, what have you learned from today? They pointed to each other. Every single one of them pointed to each other. So I said, I guess I don't even have to be here. <laughs> I just facilitated <laughs> yeah. the thing. It was really yes. cool. That is yeah. cool.
1: That's
0: very cool. Yeah. And I, I just didn't expect that at all. But, you know, did it take you a, a, a time? And, I mean, was it really your husband that did the light bulb moment before you really noticed that you could make a, a good living with your passion?
1: It did. In fact, I hate to say this, but this is, again, something stupid that I didn't do. I, For years, I would just do kind of a one session thing and then, okay, you're fine. Go off. Mm. You're fine. And then finally, last year, I've been doing this since 1999. Last year, I finally put together a package of you know a small package that people could do instead and most people want to have more than one session so yes mm-hmm. hello <laughs> it's
0: like i know it I'm takes us that
1: way <laughs> no it
0: really it really does take time to to really realize that though and have those light bulb moments with hey what i know really is valuable to this person and so if they want more than one session cuz i did the same thing i was like goodbye have a nice life this is wonderful and they would be looking at me longingly like well, can you help me some more? You know, And I had to do the same thing, put some packages together. So tell me yeah, about what, a, what does a package right. look like for well, you?
1: package is a set of four one-hour sessions and a one-hour pre-evaluation and f- includes some follow-up as well on each time. But I assign homework, even if you have only one session with me, I still assign homework and I still do some follow-up with people. I email them and, you know, say, how is it going? Because that's really what you want from a coach is kind of just some support mm-hmm. and some follow-up and accountability. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. what most people are looking for. Well, it is. And and it, encouragement. Was
0: so, it was so selfish of me to not... Continue with that follow up or put the programs together like you just put together, because yes. that is that is what they're looking for is encouragement, just like you say, and support and follow up in particular. And very few people do that follow up anymore.
1: Yes, I I try to stay in touch with most of my clients afterwards, even if it's just a, a one time session. Mm-hmm. I will follow up with them for a while and say, hey. You said you were going to do this by this date. Did you?
0: Yeah, that's good. Accountability. Now, if you had to give advice to somebody, Pamela, that really they're just struggling and they want to learn how to make a living doing what they love and what they're passionate about, what advice would you give them?
1: I would, I often talk to people about this because you can make money doing literally anything. I Mm -hmm. use the example of Mrs. Fields. There's a person who liked to bake, right? She made cookies and then she made a whole lot of money franchising that recipe all across the country. Mrs. Fields is a good example. There are lots of, I deal a lot with artists and people often say, well, there's the myth of the starving artists where they can't make money doing what they love. And I call them on that because I know a lot of professional artists who get paid very well, thousands of dollars a week for doing what they love doing. Yes. Same with writing, same with all creative endeavors. I tend to have a lot of clients who are, have creativity in them and I encourage that, but holding back on your gift. I mean, everybody has a gift of something Mm -hmm. and holding that back from other people enjoying it. As you said, you are denying them that, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I try to encourage them to not listen to those naysayers and to go forward with their dreams, whatever they may be, because some people's dreams they make a fortune at mm-hmm. you know and they also enable other people to make a fortune at it
0: yeah i think i think really when you're saying things like that about you know mrs fields with her cookies and i know one of my clients she was a quilter and said i'll never be able to make money quilting and i she now does quilting <laughs> retreats and makes a fortune they come from all over the world to her retreat Learning right. how to do another loop, I guess. I don't know what they do because <laughs> I don't quilt, but I, it, you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, one of the things, Pamela, I know somebody listening right now is thinking, I, I really need to talk with this Pamela and get into her program because she knows what she's talking about. She's a career coach. How would somebody get in touch with you?
1: Well, the best way would probably be to email me. Okay. Uh, my email is pamrecruit. 87 at Gmail. That's Pam Recruit 87 at Gmail.
0: Yeah. I don't think we have to spell that out. I think it's you know Pam Recruit87 at Gmail. And if you have to come back and just listen to this again to get in touch with Pam, sometimes I'll forget to put the number in or something. So I'll just repeat that one more time. If you're interested really in talking to Pam further because she does know what she's talking about. She's been doing it since 99. She can't help it that she just learned how to make a lot more money doing it. <laughs> and that's funny because it took me time too. And thank heavens you have a really smart husband that says, you know what? You should probably charge for that. And, and people <laughs> yeah, listening to other.
1: <laughs> right? And, and
0: people will get a lot out of just hearing you say that because I think people think when we've been in business a long time that we have all the answers and we simply don't. We we are learning as we're going. So if if in fact you are one of those people that would like to talk further with Pamela, just go ahead and email her pamrecruit87 at gmail. And Pamela, what I end with all the time are golden nuggets. I call them, and they come out of your mouth. I just write them as I as you're going, and I love sharing them. And today I have eleven of them from your mouth to the microphone. Are you okay. ready? Okay. Okay. Number one, question everything. It's okay, just be respectful when you do. I love that from your father. Number two, always be helpful, supportive, and respect others. And you know, I, I have to throw in here, because I was taught that also, th- to respect people, but I kind of they kind of left me out of the equation. So uh, now I would say always be helpful, supportive, and respect yourself and others. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And number three, consider putting a sign up, all welcome here, no matter what your beliefs or your background. That is a big one, Pamela.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's
0: big. Number four, make sure your career is enjoyable. It's just not worth it if it's not. Number five, appreciate the money that you do earn. I, and I think that was a really good statement that you made, because if you don't appreciate it, you can't get more of it. Number six. Number six. You can change careers, but you have to pay attention to what you want. Number seven, look for your natural abilities because sometimes that's your career. And with you, Pamela, you've discovered your natural ability with coaching because that's all you were doing all the time with your friends and with other people. (laughs) And now here you are making your living with that. Number eight, remember, people want more than just one time with you. So consider really putting together like a four-part program or a nine-part program or whatever it is that you think you could be the most helpful doing. That was a really good one. Number nine, you can make money doing anything. I can't agree with you more, Pamela, on that. And I can't tell you how many people disagree with that. But here's number 10. You have to discover what you're good at. Like Mrs. Fields was good at making cookies. And then she took it to a whole other level. And then number 11, don't hold back on your gift, because if you do, you're doing a disservice. Pamela, aren't you brilliant?
1: I am, especially when I'm interpreted through you, yes. (laughs) I also want to give everybody a heads up about LinkedIn. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. And LinkedIn is a fantastic tool, whether you're in business for yourself or you're looking for a job. I highly recommend LinkedIn. It's a yeah. amazing tool for everybody. It, it can, is. That's a great resource. Market.
0: What is your handle on that? Or how, are you just under your same name? Yep.
1: Pamela Thompson. Yep. Okay.
0: Okay. That's great. Well, Pamela, I cannot thank you enough for such brilliant words that are coming out of your mouth because people that are in a career today, you know, they just did a study that 72% are unhappy. And so we yes. need people like you that are going out, helping them and And really following up with them and giving them hope that there really is another way of doing this. You can because you want people to enjoy their career. So I thank you for that. You were brilliant today, Pamela. Thank you. And until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noel Drain. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one of course goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it earlier in the episode, but finally I came up with another problem that I can solve and it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now I created a book called The Chosen Few and I share a hundred tips that myself and others other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it, because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group, it's free. I'd like you to come onto it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called (coughs) When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again it's Patricia Nol Thrain.